So now we'll take time to sit in order to make our minds peaceful. So we can sit with our right leg on top of our left and our right palm, our right hand on our left palm. Or if that doesn't feel comfortable, then we can swap over and have the, the left on top of the right. That's fine as well. Establish the body so that it's sitting upright and straight and keep the eyes closed, but not firmly shut, just, just enough. We shouldn't try to force the breath, shouldn't try to make it uh, too long or too short. But instead, we just know the breath as it is. If it's short, then we know it. And if the breath is long, then we know that. We pay attention to the breath at the end of the nose, the, the tip of the nose, when the breath comes in. And then as it leaves, then we pay attention to the spot on our upper lip. So whether the breath is long or short, we simply know that as it is. If our minds go and start thinking about things outside of us, they think outside of our bodies and outside of our minds, then we should try to have the presence of mind to, to know what's happening and pull the mind back. And we need to put effort into doing this as well. Create the feeling that you're sitting just by yourself in a quiet place, and this will allow a sense of uh, stillness and seclusion to arise. At the beginning, it's normal for the body to feel itchy in some places, uh, but just endure that for now. Don't go and scratch any of those itches, but just endure it for now. And this itchiness, it's one uh, obstacle that the body places in front of us. Allow the mindfulness to collect and gather together into one place. And when we do that, then a feeling of peace will arise and the mind will feel very full and at ease. There will be a, a great feeling of, of peace and a joy that we've never felt before. It'll be something new for us and a different kind of happiness than what we've experienced before. This is the happiness that, <clears throat> that comes from peace of mind. And we know that what it's like now. The happiness that comes from stillness and the mind being quiet. If before we haven't trained ourselves very much, then it's normal that when we close our eyes, then the mind will just start running off all over the place. And it's difficult just to sit for even three minutes. But we should endure with that. And as we endure, then we'll be able to sit for longer and longer. Eventually, we'll be able to sit for 30 minutes. And then as we carry on going, we'll be able to make it to one hour. And we can then sit for an hour without feeling disturbed or annoyed. Sometimes there's uh, the mind is an un, in an unsettled uh, place. It's feeling very uncomfortable and scattered, but you should just endure that until 
it calms down and you're able to feel at ease. As you carry on practicing, then one day you'll have to meet with the peace of the mind. Sometimes when the mind gathers into peace, then the body disappears altogether. Sometimes just different parts of the body, so maybe the hand will disappear or maybe our feet will disappear. But we should just know what's happening and not uh, be interested in it. We should always pay uh, attention to our breath and have our mindfulness there watching the breath come in and go out and have that as our foundation for the practice. If the body disappears, then there's often uh, or, or there's a feeling of great lightness that comes with that. Normally, we have a sense of having a body, but when the mind gathers into peace, then that whole sense of uh, having this physical form can just disappear. And the heart is very light and feels uh, a great sense of ease. For some people, it feels as though the body is floating up into the air, and there's also a great joy and ease that comes from that. And this is the happiness that we gain through samadhi. So when this happens, what that means is the mind is starting to let go of its attachment to the body. And this is a temporary letting go of that attachment. And that letting go is uh, a very skillful act. So we carry on practicing, and then after time, we'll be very skilled at this practice. We'll be able to make our minds uh, peaceful and firm. And then from that place, we can, we can use that as a basis for our contemplation and look into our bodies and try and find out what the drawbacks and the dangers of these physical forms are. When we have a body, then what we've got is something that has been conditioned. It's a sankhara. It's something that has causes and conditions which uh, make it arise. And so once it's been born, then it has to undergo certain things. It has to get old. It has to degenerate. And that's simply the nature of things that have been born. When we have various sense organs, then we'll need to receive senses through those organs. So we have an eye, and then we'll need to receive uh, forms through that eye. When we have a brain, then there'll be thoughts that occur. And there are also different diseases that come from the various parts of our bodies. So when we, when we have a heart, then there are diseases of the heart. When there's a liver, there's a kidney, we have intestines. There are different diseases that affect these different parts of our bodies. And the same with our bones. There are even diseases of the bones. So when these things start to degenerate, that's when illnesses come up and can arise very easily. When we look into the body in this way, then we'll be able to see that it really does have drawbacks and it is a dangerous thing. And when we perceive that with clarity, we'll have a sense of being fed up with it, of being bored. 
of uh, relieving or expelling the desire for these bodies. So there was uh, a time during the Buddha's time when the Buddha told Venerable Ananda to go and tell Venerable uh, Kilamantara, I think, Kilamantara, uh, to go and contemplate uh, his body because he was very sick at that time. So the Buddha taught him to use the Dhamma to overcome his illnesses, to see into the nature of these bodies and to, to contemplate that nature. And as he uh, looked over that and saw that clearly, his mind became empty and his body became free of illness. So we can do the same. When we are ill, then we should contemplate into the nature of conditioned uh, formations and try to accept that these things are not permanent, that they change. That what we have is only temporary. And these things, they, they will have to leave us at one point. So our possessions, we are able to share them. We can give them away and we can spread them out. But the pain that we feel, we're not able to share that. So when we're born into the world, then we have to meet with these things. And that's just the way it is. This is the nature of the world. And so different people in this world have different statuses. Some people are very wealth and some people are very poor. And so some people, they're able to afford very expensive cars. And for the poor people, they have to ride on a bus. But really, whether anyone is riding an expensive car or they're sitting on the public bus, they're all traveling to the same destination, which is old age, sickness, and death. So whether people have a lot of wealth or whether they don't, it's really just the same. We say that, that there are differences between people, but this is just looking at things in a conventional way. So say if someone is very wealthy and they uh, have a very expensive wallet or purse, that wallet there is just used to keep money. And if someone carries money in just a plastic bag, then that bag is just used to carry money. But the money that's in either the expensive wallet or in the bag, it's the same. It doesn't increase the wealth of that money. And it's just there in order to, to keep money. So the Buddha said that we should contemplate into the things that we have and the things that we need in order to keep our lives going. And the way he phrased that was as the, the four requisites. So we have the requisites of clothing, of food, of shelter, and of medicine. And these are the things that we need in order to keep ourselves alive. But we just use them in order to try and relieve suffering, in order to 
to be able to carry on with this life and to be able to practice. And if we're sick, then you know, we need medicines in order to relieve that sickness. But if we use these things in our daily lives without contemplating them, without thinking about them, then it'll be easy to get attached to the conventions that our mind can, can bring up and get thoroughly deluded by those conventions. And when this happens, our mind will attach to these things. So when we have very expensive clothes, there'll be a great attachment to those clothes. But now this nature of convention, the conventional reality of these things, it's easier to see than normal. Because we can see that no matter whether someone has great wealth, whether they're a millionaire or whether they're very poor, they are all suffering at this present day, this present time. Everyone has fear of this virus just the same. And it's actually the rich people who have even more fear because those who are poor, they don't have much to lose. And so there's not much to fear because they're already poor. They know what it's like to be poor. But for the rich people, they've got a lot to lose. Some people, when they get very deluded, when ignorance arises very strong, then uh, they even commit suicide because of the hardships. And some people uh, try and relieve the situation by stealing or cheating. And so now this world is in a very dark state and the minds of people in the world are very dark. So we need to try and find wisdom. This wisdom then uh, will allow us to be able to, to contemplate the things in our lives and understand their true importance. Understand that, that we don't need all that much from, from the physical things. So we just take food in order to be able to carry on with our lives. And we just have enough in terms of shelter, in terms of the clothes that we use. So when we look into the drawbacks of these bodies, we see that because we have a body, then we need these four requisites. We need food, we need clothing, we need shelter, we need medicine. And even if we get sick and we have the best medicines and we're able to relieve that sickness, at some point we're gonna get sick again. Even if we take very good care to avoid the COVID virus, we're going to meet with some other illness at some time. And at one point, our life is going to have to end. So no one in this world is safe from death. The Buddha had to pass away into Nibbana, and his enlightened disciples also had to pass away. And so for us, there's no hope that we'll be able to escape from death. There's no way that we'll be able to stop old age, sickness and death. There's nothing there that can prevent them from coming to us. So we can see that old age, sickness and death are the, the strongest forces in the world. So all of us will have to die for sure. 
we can view our lives as being like a drama. And this, this world at the moment is, is like a drama. And so these dramas that we watch, they, they have different episodes and many different things happen in them, but none of it's real. So the world at the moment is just like a drama that's going on and none of, none of what's going on is real. It's just arising and ceasing, arising and ceasing. Some people are playing or they're acting in a very wealthy drama, as a wealthy person in a drama. And some people are acting as a very poor person. But in the end, everyone in these dramas, all of the actors, they will die. So in the drama of the world, it all ends in death. It's important to understand the nature of karma, of our actions. And uh, as we understand that, then uh, wisdom will uh, be able to arise in our minds. When we contemplate and give rise to wisdom and do this frequently, then we will at some point be able to see into the Dhamma. And the seeing of the Dhamma is very important. So we should try and practice a lot. And especially for the monks, it's important to do a lot of practice. Because at this time, the lay people are going through much difficulty. Their lives are, in general, are very tough. And especially for the people who work in hospitals, the, the medical workers, the doctors, the nurses, they have to put in uh, long hours and, uh, and their work is dangerous at the moment, but they're doing it in order to help others. So for us practitioners, we should uh, be practicing a lot at this time. We shouldn't just eat until we're full. We shouldn't uh, just sleep a lot until we feel full. Um, but we should really be putting in effort. Because if we do this, if we sleep a lot, then uh, we'll just feel drowsy throughout the entire day. So we, we put in effort because we see into the danger of birth and what comes with birth, with old age, sickness and death. So now there's uh, this virus that's in the world and um, there isn't the medicine to treat it. But everyone should be, should be very careful. Um, but some people, even though they are very careful, they, they still get this virus all the same because they have the karma there to get it. We should all try and keep our heedfulness and practice a lot, put a lot of effort into our practice. Try to see the drawbacks in these bodies. That our minds have to uh, depend on this body for this life, but our bodies aren't sure. Eventually the elements which form our bodies will have to break apart. And so this is a very unstable situation to be in. So we contemplate into that and um, we do that in order to try and extract the, the desire that we have for bodies. And it's normal for us to have the sense of satisfaction, the sense of desire in physical form, 
And that's just what the untrained mind feels like. So we should contemplate a lot into them in order to try and extract that feeling out of our hearts. We need to depend on samadhi, on the mind that is firm and collected as a basis for our practice. And by doing this, then wisdom will be able to arise. We'll be able to let go of all the wrong views that we have. And this is something that we are able to do. So we should be intent in this practice. <laughs>